0: Um, To start off this day, it's about mental health, Um, we come with many questions, we're really looking to hear from as many people as possible during the day, but I guess the first really crucial question for you, um, bake-off or strictly? (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) Bake-off all the way, I'm not a very good baker, but I'm a really, really bad dancer, so yeah, bake-off.
0: Okay, let's test the room then, bake-off or strictly? Okay, we'll put that to the test later on, uh, see what you can offer I have us. I
1: have an arm wrestle.
0: Okay, so um, one, just further getting to know you. Uh, rugby or football, World Cup or none of the above?
1: Uh, football. Is that okay? Controversial? I think of football.
0: Thank you. But not
1: Coventry City. <laughs> Any City fans? No.
0: <laughs> Is there anyone else here from Coventry at all? Over in the cheap seats. Fantastic. Okay, and uh, one more. So, um, people are here from all over the country today. Thank you for coming so far. For you, Ali, urban sprawl or countryside beauty?
1: Well, I love living in the city, so urban sprawl, but I like going on holiday in the countryside. So, both?
0: You can't have both.
1: Can't I? Okay. Urban sprawl for today, urban sprawl.
0: Urban sprawl. Welcome to London. The smog and the sprawl. What would you normally be doing this time on a Saturday in Coventry?
1: I'd like to say that if I was at home, I would be sleeping, but um, probably not. I would probably be working, I imagine.
0: Working and work for you is?
1: Ah, so I have a few uh, different bits of work that I do. So I'm a curate in Coventry and I work in a church half time. I'm currently between churches, starting in a new one tomorrow. And then for the other half of my time, I'm licensed by the bishop to work um, doing mental health around churches to raise a profile of mental health and to work for um, a small charity called Keeping Health in Mind. So that's what I do. I'm also a school chaplain as well, secondary school chaplain.
0: So definitely not lying in on a Saturday with all those things to do. Um, And just please tell us how you first sort of came aware of or engaged with issues to do with mental health.
1: Yeah, so I um, used to be a mental health nurse, psychiatric and mental health nurse um, in a previous life before the church got hold of me. And uh, that was where my interest started in mental health and in um, starting to think about what God might be saying in that context.
0: Okay, so working professionally as a nurse and was it acute wards you were working on? Yeah, so I
1: mainly did um, acute work, so acute admissions ward, I worked for a crisis team. I did particular work um, with people who self-harmed. So I did all sorts actually across the board, but especially when people were most unwell, that was really where my heart was and still is, I I guess.
0: And in, in that particular, very specific context, what did you come across as the sort of biggest challenges to do with supporting people presenting mental health issues?
1: Um, I'm sure many of you will know that it's hard um, to support people at times or to feel supported yourself, especially when you're in the midst of a very challenging um, mental health crisis. And I found as a nurse that a very big challenge was combining my faith with being um, on the wards and out in the community because I felt that a lot of the time, the conversations I was having with people were to do with God. They had big questions about where God was in the midst of what was happening, questions about what it was for, what was happening to them, um, what life was about, what would happen next. And God was definitely wanting to be in those conversations and it wasn't always easy for me to be a person of faith in that environment.
0: Sure. And there was obviously a point that came for you when you became or felt you should be doing more directly with the church context.
1: Yeah, I think what happened was I had a foot in both camps. And so um, I was working with the NA, within the NHS and then at the same time I was in church. And just as people in my working life had these big questions about God and about suffering... About um, what life is for, people in church wanted to talk about mental health, and sometimes they might have wanted to talk about it for a lot of years. They would have been in church for a lot of years and never been able to pluck up the courage to talk about it, or they may have talked about it and they may have had such a difficult time in that conversation or afterwards that they didn't ever want to talk about it again. And so I felt that God was nudging me and saying, there's somewhere in the middle of these two worlds that um, you can build a bridge between them and that I'm really inhabiting and I want to inhabit more. So that's really what happened at that time.
0: Great. And and at that time, I mean, is there an example of someone, a person you were particularly aware of, who you're either trying to support in the professional sort of nursing context or in the church context as a... An example of someone and the sort of challenge that gave to you as a person to, to best respond?
1: Yeah, there are lots of examples, really. I, I remember one particular conversation with someone um, who I'm still friends with now, and this was when I was just getting to know her in our church. And she had um, had quite serious depressive episodes over her whole life, actually. And she's now um, middle aged, and they began when she was a teenager and she'd been hospitalized. And she said that she'd spoken to a previous um, church minister about her issues. And he had given her a Bible and said, read this. And he'd never gone to see her again. And I don't want to make a judgment about his particular situation at that time. I'm sure a lot of that was to do with a lack of confidence on his part, not knowing what to say or what to do. But that had stayed with her to such an extent that she found it difficult, first of all, to go to church and secondly, to trust people with her story again.
0: Just as you're speaking there, I'm seeing lots of nods uh, around the room. And um, we just thought Ali's really interesting, having had this you know, professional nursing context, working in the church, but also there's been a sort of personal encounter with the same issues as well, hasn't there?
1: Yeah, I'm sure that we won't meet anybody, will we, who hasn't encountered mental health issues in some shape or form, and I'm no different to anybody else. And so um, before I met my husband, he had quite a serious psychotic episode. Fortunately for him, it was just one, and he got really good um, support and treatment at that time. But it's given me an understanding of what it means to live with that within our family, for him to know that he's vulnerable and that he has to look after himself in um, certain ways, especially at certain times of year, actually. And so for our family, we understand what it means to journey through that process too.
0: So, yeah, thank, and thanks for sharing that. Um, and What would you say are some of the things you've, you've particularly learned along the way? Um, or maybe some things you've had to unlearn and change your thinking on?
1: That's a really good question. There's loads of things I've had to unlearn and change my thinking on. I'm no longer working within the NHS and I've had to unlearn all of that, what it means to be a nurse working in clinical practice. But actually some of that instinct and those skills I've also brought with me into this new stage of my life and my ministry now Um, and obviously, since um, my work in this area has been developing, I've made loads of mistakes. We all do, don't we? And so part of what I've learned is um, adjusting what I do as, I, as, we, uh, as things continue to evolve.
0: Thank you. you. You mentioned briefly earlier the keeping health in mind um, can you just tell us what that is as a resource, as, a, yeah. as an interest for you?
1: So Keeping Health in Mind started way back um, when I was still a nurse. And um, my husband and I started doing uh, some talks and things around mental health. And we did a talk called Keeping Health in Mind and the name stuck. And it's now the name of a small um, charity that I'm the director of. We uh, have three aims, raising the profile of mental health, reducing stigma and reaching out in love. And we work to equip um, people in faith communities, in churches to think about mental health, to talk about it, to think about ways that they could um, integrate supporting those with mental health issues within to their church being mental health friendly churches. We uh, run a coping skills course, a six week Bible based coping skills course called the Life Course. And I love that theme of us, not them, because actually that's the theme for our course that you don't have to um, be someone who would say I've had a mental health problem to come along to the course. All sorts of people come on it and we all learn to cope better together. So that's um, a little bit about the work we do.
0: And people can find out more, obviously, online. Oh, yeah.
1: So look at our website, which is keepinghealthinmind, one very long word, dot org, dot UK. And uh, there's some other stuff on there, a little uh, booklet about mental health and faith, information about the life course, some media stuff, um, articles, all sorts. So, yeah, do please have a look.
0: So <coughs> thank you. Today is very much being... Uh, Hosted and put on by Livability, who I work for, Mind and Soul, and Premier, the charity. So we really want to be generous as organisations trying to point out the best resources, and this is a wonderful set of resources to to go and check out. Now, Ali, have you seen a change in the church? Uh, a change in attitude? You know, let's generalise massively for now. Have you have you seen a, a change in the wind, as it as it were?
1: Yeah, I. I certainly have. So if I look back on when I first began with this and I started um, attempting to have conversations with people in church and in church leadership about mental health, often people would say, this doesn't have anything to do with the church. Why do you think that God is interested in this? This isn't on our agenda. But actually, I don't have those conversations anymore people now have a much better understanding of why it's important for us to be thinking and talking about mental health. And um, there's, much, there's a growing movement, I think, behind it, which there just wasn't when we started out. And I was very much a lone voice and wondered what on earth God had in mind for me.
0: And that's, that's a lovely, encouraging, positive thing to hear. But we're also, a lot, you know, this room is full of people who are saying, what, what more could we do or what could we do differently? What, and the question throughout today will be, you know, just what can we do? We're desperate to better support people. Are there a couple of just key messages or tips, again, things you've picked up along the way or your work with churches, you try and give us something they can remember to take away?
1: Yeah. So the first thing would be, don't worry about being an expert. Because often people say to me, well, I'm not an expert. You've worked in this area or you've had personal experience of this. I'm not an expert, so I can't do it. And what I would say is don't feel like that because first of all, we're all experts on our own lives and what's going on in them. And secondly, we can all be a good friend to um, each other. We can all be a good listener. We can all learn to listen better. We can all listen without making judgments. We can all support each other through the difficult times, and actually, that's all we need to do. It really is that simple. So that would be my top tip. Don't feel like you have to be an expert to do it.
0: Thank you. And um, again, from your own experience, though, and, and looking around the room and having seen the delegate list, you know, knowing who's here, there will be people who are working in the health sector, people who are in church leadership. Um, all kinds of different roles, teachers, social workers, bankers. No, I think we banned the bankers. <laughs> no, they are, there are a few. Um, all kinds of folk. What, what do you see as the particular role for the church in addressing this issue? Not being the experts who solve everything, necessarily, yeah. but what, what do you think is the particular calling, if you like, or role of the church on this issue?
1: I think that we're... Um we're ahead of the game in that we have ready-made communities. And community is so important, especially if you've been feeling like you're right on the edge of your community, like you're marginalized or isolated. And so because we already have that, that's what we do, and, we are, and we're experts at that, then I think that is probably the main thing that we can offer Also to remember that this work began with people of faith so way back when the very first um, psychiatric hospital opened, um, Bedlam, which was here in London, that was run by people of faith. And they noticed, whilst they were caring for people who had physical health problems along with mental health problems, that it was those who had the um, mental health problems who'd been abandoned by their families often who were completely on their own. And so they started gradually to specialise in that work. And so as church, it's very much in our DNA, actually, to do this. And it feels like God might be saying, now's the time when you can start to pick it up again because you are great communities where people can be rooted, find a place to belong and find a place to ask those big questions that they would maybe be looking for answers to
0: absolutely and there does seem to be a fresh openness in local authorities and even commissioners looking well frankly there's less money isn't there to go around but a greater respect in many places for the church the faith communities to be involved as a big part of the solution sometimes we've been part of the problem on this front as well of course just just finishing up really Ali um, what would you say would be your hopes for for today for this kind of conference But I think we've actually got about 500 people here in various parts of the day. So it's a really significant event uh, on this issue. What would be your hopes?
1: Uh, It's so great to see everybody. And uh, my hope is that we can all have um, a great chat and get to know each other and learn lots from each other. Because we learn most, don't we, from hearing each other's stories. What's been good for us, what's been less helpful and understanding where we might be able to go for the, the next step, whatever that might be. So that's my hope.
0: Thank you, Ali. Just remind us of the resource and your website. Oh yes, yeah, we so finish. we are
1: um, keepinghealthinmind.org.uk.
0: Would you just give a thanks to Ali for this interview? Thank you very much, Ali.
1: Thanks for having me.